Welcome to Tax Wrap, the podcast of Tax and Super Australia. Each fortnight, we present news and insights to tax and SMSF practitioners. If you've got any questions, comments or even suggestions, get in touch at podcast at taxandsuperaustralia.com.au. Hello listeners, welcome to the Tax Wrap Podcast, episode 200. It's a special uh, episode. I'm your host, Steve Burnham, and as a special guest for our special episode, uh, we have in the studio Bill Mavropoulos from VT Advisory. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Steve. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, and I'm glad to have you here in the yes, studio. It's it's good to see you again. I, I do know Steve. <laughs> yes, we do. Bill and I know each other from a few years ago. Bill was a tax technical operative at Tax and Super Australia and uh, did a very good job at that and has now branched out. You're a partner in a, in a firm now, That's VT right. Advisory. Tell um, us a little bit about the firm. So, look, Steve, because of my tax specialist background, largely gained here, yep. um, part of the practice is a tax specialist practice where we we do pre-ins- pre-insolvency and pre-litigation work, okay. a, as well as, obviously, tax advisory work. Yeah, yeah, um, okay. On the other side of the business, my, my business partner, Tom Palomiri, does a lot of business valuation sort of things. Yep. And, and business optimization and automation. So okay. we, we try and be as new aged as we can. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm the older member or older partner of the firm, uh, okay. so sometimes we struggle, but <laughs> but we try. So the bit of law, tax law is obviously in, in it that is, mix. It is a big focus, yes. Right, okay. Yeah, all right. Now, you're, you've come into the studio today to talk to tax rep listeners. I have. Um, now, I think you were going to uh, elucidate a little bit about the, the black economy moves that the ATO have been making. I, I, I am, but I'm going to approach this from a, a slightly different angle okay. from, from most commentators, because I think most commentators um, just take the ATO pronouncements right. and say, okay, black economy, this is what's happening yep. um, at the ATO. What I want to do is is delve a little bit deeper, mm. um, and at the risk of, of you know putting on a tinfoil hat, I'm not doing that. <laughs> okay. I'm trying not to do that. I'm going to highlight a couple of other initiatives right. that are related uh, that speak a bit more to what the tax officer's strategy actually is um, by by sort of attacking this area or looking at this area more closely. What do you mean? So. Is there some kind of using the black economy as an excuse to make some wider changes? Yeah, I'm getting the feeling. Yes, and also um, not necessarily publicising what it means to actually attack that that black economy right. and what that black economy actually is. Because right. um, I, I think, look, if, if you aren't a tax professional, um, a lot of these changes that, that are in the environment and the landscape will not necessarily... Um, you won't necessarily um, link the two uh-huh, in terms of yeah. the black economy and, and the measure in question. Right. Um, so, look, I, I think that where I'd like to start is is um, with the director penalty regime and, and, ah, yes. and changes in that area that, that are on the horizon yeah. uh, and potentially you know, are meant to start in October, but we'll see in terms of whether or not uh, Royal Assent is given to um, on the, the various on measures. The yeah, so I know that there was a, the super guarantee obligations were brought within the director penalty regime. Yes. What, what were they? Is that law now? So that is law now. Okay, right. um, but what, what, the, what the proposal is, is to actually um, expand that director penalty regime yep. to encompass GST, which has historically not been part of no, that regime. No, that's a big thing. It is a big thing. Um, it, it will it will ultimately mean that all taxes, aside from obviously income tax, yep. um, can be the subject of a director penalty notice. In other words, shifting 
those liabilities, those tax liabilities from a company yeah. to an individual. That's true. Ultimately to the individual. Ultimately the company to the doesn't individual. take care of it. Yeah, yeah. So the reason, the reason why I wanted to, to bring that up, um, you know, and, and look for, for people in terms of a, a reference for people to follow this up, the bill in question is the Treasury Laws Amendment uh, in brackets, combat, Combating Illegal Phoenixing Bill 2019. Yep, I've heard so, of that. So if, if any of your members want to look that up, I encourage you to. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and just, just be aware that that bill is uh, broader than what I'm talking about today. Right. It also involves uh, various insolvency um, matters uh, and also, uh, you know, topically, yep. uh, potentially uh, offences uh, for, for advisors that might be giving tax advice in terms of, for example, director penalty notices right. uh, and may, may actually be caught up with you know, new offences in terms of phoenixing inadvertently. Oh, I see. So, okay. so just just be aware that that's probably a, a good bill to, to be across anyway. Right. Um, you know, because as accountants, we, we should be across corporate law as well as obviously tax. Yes, of course. Uh, the yeah. two interact considerably. Right. But look, for, for, for our purposes today, uh, in terms of black economy, this measure is really the ATO trying to shift all of the tax obligations onto individuals. Right. The, the reason being, you know, and look, you know, basic corporate law, corporate veil. Right. If, oh, if, yeah, if yeah. a $2 company has tax debts, yeah. you know, it used to be before the director penalty regime, if the directors were to walk away from that company, yeah. you know, provided that they weren't trading whilst insolvent or doing anything, you know, naughty. Yeah effectively the liability stayed with the company in question right. yeah, yeah. rather than the individuals. That's why, why all the bottom of the harbour things happened in the 70s, et cetera, well, yeah. The, the, part, of, part of the reason why <laughs> is there was no mechanism to sort of enforce those debts yes. on, onto the actual individuals who, you know, who were really responsible for running yeah, up they made those, those liabilities. Yeah, right. so, so I think um, that's, that's the first... I guess, link I would like to draw to the black economy in terms of potentially widening the net of taxes uh, that can be shifted onto the individual. So the ATO is sort of... The way that I read this is the ATO is looking at um, the black economy and saying, you know, look, there's a lot of, for example, in the building industry or or potentially, you know, retail or what have you, uh, directors that, uh, you know, could potentially... Uh, run into a lot of really heightened risks and then walk away from their tax liability in terms of GST right. uh, when yeah, everything goes pear-shaped. Ah. So the ATO is trying to close that off as part of the black economy and say, you know what, in terms of your lodgement and reporting, mm. we're going to shift the onus onto the individual. So you've got to be really, really careful about what you are reporting. It's funny because I, I think of GST in, ter- in terms of retail. I mean, that's, that's my mind. Everyone does. <laughs> um, but not, I suppose, construction and all that. It's all involved. And that's when the millions of dollars get involved, not the thousands well, of dollars, I well, suppose. The, well, I guess the thing is, because of, I guess, the, the scale of transactions that we're talking about, mm. it, it, it's like a multiplier on, on, the, on the tax liabilities. It means that those tax liabilities are significantly higher. Yeah. Um, than potentially other industries. Fun fact, 
you know, the building industry actually has one of the highest insolvency rates. Does it? Uh, yes. And, and, and another fun fact, the ATO is, is one of the largest creditors that actually winds up companies. Really? So, so I guess this is, that's kind of why I'm saying, hey, black economy, let's, let's give it context. Right. What, what are some of the tools that the ATO would like to have? Mm. And this is definitely one of them. Mm. So yep. th- that's kind of why I, I brought, brought that one up. So d- sorry, <laughs> the director penalty notice changed to encompass GST. Is that on the table? In yeah, so currently on the table, it, it is slated to begin in October of this 2019. Wow. Yes. Um, having said that, um, it went to a second reading speech and then off to a subcommittee. Right. Who knows what could yeah, potentially yeah. happen. Okay. Uh, look, the, the way that I look at it is if any of your clients are distressed or, or potentially in pre-insolvency mm. where, you know, Maybe they're they're struggling to pay creditors. Maybe they're um, falling behind on their on their basses or or um, income tax returns. Yeah, it is within your interest to understand that GST will form part of that net potentially. Ah. So you may want to sort of you know go okay, we're really struggling. Um, we could potentially fall over. Potentially, is it better if you fall over before October? Ah, right. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? So I'm not not saying obviously advocating no, entering no, into, but... into voluntary administration or anything like that. Yeah. But um, look, it's a useful piece of information. I think that uh, in terms of black economy, it, it it certainly is one of the tools in the toolkit that the ATO is trying to obtain. Right. Um, th- there is a lot of outcry on this measure. Uh, in Parliament, so mm. there is opposition to this. Um, in terms of you know whether or not it gets up, anybody's guess. Mm. Mm. Anybody's okay. guess. Yeah. So look, the, the the other matter that I sort of wanted to talk talk about in relation to the black economy uh, was uh, the and this is this is an interesting measure. It's outlawing cash payments above ten thousand dollars. That's right. That's been in the news a bit lately. That it has a, been. In the yeah, news. it's been very contentious. So ten thousand dollars, no. Cash transactions. Now, we're not talking about an Aldi bag full of notes, are we? It's more... Well, we, we, we could be. Oh, it could, okay, this is could the be. thing. It looked very much like, I mean, look, whether you use an Aldi bag, I know that um, Coles and Safeway now have like, the, the, the more uh, appropriate bags that, okay. that aren't plastic. Yes, which is a right. separate matter entirely. Right. But um, look, yeah, look, it, it, it could very well be that. Uh, mm. it, it could very well be, for example, you know, a lot of accountants um, hold cash in their trust account for 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 various taxpayers or, yeah. or, or their clients, yeah. um, you know, look, be aware that if if you go into a bank and draw the ten thousand and it is part of a transaction, right? You know, under and look, look, I will quote the bill as well. Yes, thank you. People just can people look it up to, to look up. Yeah. it's the currency in brackets restrictions on the use of cash bill, two thousand nineteen. Right. So. Yeah, look, effectively what... And, and I guess to, to sort of link this back to the black economy, yeah. effectively what... what um, and, and the best way to sort of think about this is to imagine a profit and loss and say, you know, if you've got your sales and your purchases, yeah. effectively the ATO does not want any sort of um, good faith from the taxpayer to say, hey, I made $10,000 as a sale in cash or I purchased $10,000 worth of items. They want it on the electronic record so Ah. that they can audit it and basically reduce the the number of transactions that are in 
what colloquially they call the black economy. Okay, okay. So, so you know, yeah. there's a lot of legitimate uh, transactions that are in cash. No yeah, one's no yeah. one's sort of saying that they're not legitimate. Yeah. But I guess what the ATO is saying is if they can um, if they can restrict the number of cash transactions, mm. effectively the the pool of transactions that they need to audit or, yep. or, or I guess review yep. uh, significantly decreases. Right. And then they can allocate resources to it, you know, yep. in an easier manner. So, do, do, do you have a feeling, <clears throat> or what's your, what's your guess about that, that figure, 10,000? Why not 20,000? Why not 5,000? I th- I, look, I think what they're trying to do is align it with Austrac's uh, ability in terms of cross-border payments coming in and out. Ah. So, you know, where it's above 10,000, you know, and I think a lot of accounts would be aware of this, mm-hmm. you do need, like, it gets automatically reported to Austrac. I see. Right? If right. it's cross-border. So, look, I think I think to some extent it's a it's aligning that with with the cross-border measures um to you know to i i guess also uh this would shift a a lot of onus onto banks as well so so a bank that is allowing you to withdraw more than ten thousand dollars is going to have some serious questions to answer oh yeah yeah um and with banks wanting to actually toe the line i suppose these days after the the hain report well they have to yeah So, so i think um you know the implications on the wider community, I don't think, I don't think have been thought of no. necessarily. To, I mean, look, there, there has been discussion around it, mm. uh, but practically, how, how will these measures, <clears throat> how will these measures impact upon upon taxpayers? That's, hard that's, to that's say. the question. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially one's clients, if you're a practitioner. I mean, again, I, I just had a thought. I mean, construction. I mean, there's a lot of cash transactions. There are. Yeah. And and I guess, look, I think, you know, everyone loves to paint the caricature and do oh, the yeah. cartoon. So, yeah. you know, the, the, the ghettos of this world, um, <laughs> you know, with, with, like you said, the Aldi bag full of cash. Mm. But look, often, and I guess this is this is a subsidiary sort of issue where, you know, banks are unwilling to lend to small businesses. Are they? Do you get that feeling? Well, that, that is, you know, practically speaking, mm. that, that is how the industry is at the moment. Right. Now, whether or not that would change with the advent of this measure or, uh-huh. or like, I guess, look, the danger here is that you're restricting the ability of, of these businesses mm. to trade. Yeah. You're effectively yeah. saying, you know... Your industry has, over many, many years, has traded in one manner, mm. and we're saying that you can no longer do that. Yep, yep. So I guess the risk is that um, potentially that you know that change may not necessarily be adopted right. um, in a manner that the tax office and, and regulators would like it to be. Yep. Um, the, I guess the other risk here is that banks um, themselves may... may um, potentially you know not feel not feel comfortable you know with certain businesses yeah as as clients yeah yeah but i they, suppose they would just shift them off their books yeah, yeah. in which case you know ha- how do you get access to capital how well, do that's you true continue to trade it, that's right well, what do you do it just makes it harder it seems but on the i can see on the surface um your, your average mum and dad in the streets will hears about ten thousand dollar cash transactions outlawed and i'll think oh good you know yes that'll take care of the dodgy people out there yes but 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 I there's guess more to it. well here's the thing like let's say that they go to buy a car and there's a ten thousand dollar deposit oh, yeah. they could get caught up in so I wow. guess the th- you know yeah. look you know those life events that those large life events I mean think about divorce 
you know, oh, what, you know yeah. how would you generally transact? I mean, obviously, you're not going to, you know, there, there won't be an Aldi bag yeah, in yeah, terms no, of a divorce. Yeah. Generally, a check or something like that. <clears> um, <throat> but you know, there's scope. There, mm. Anytime large amounts of money transact, mm. there's scope that it could potentially be a cash transaction right. and could get caught up in, right. in this measure. So you're saying that the ATO kind of wants to also have more of a record. They want to see transactions. Correct. Does this tie up? Now, there was, I know there's a, uh, another development about e-invoicing. Yes. Does that tie up with that push as well? It does. And, and I guess the reason why I sort of wanted to speak about e-invoicing uh, is because I think uh, it's, it's a blind spot for a lot of practitioners. Now, look, there's probably a lot of really savvy people that are across what e-invoicing is. Yeah. At its simplest, it is an electronic invoice. So, right. if, you know... Sounds plain and simple. Pretty easy, isn't yeah. it? I mean, you could send, for example... Um, via email, a PDF of an invoice. Right. That's an e-invoice. Right. Okay. Right? Yep. What I'm talking about, though, is um, an underlying software language that would allow businesses to to not to to entirely have their invoices be just electronic communications between those two software packages. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, in other words, you know, I might have a sale. Right. And I might enter that into my system, and automatically pops up in the in the in the customer system or the client system. Yep, yep. That's that's the best way to sort of <clears throat> describe it. Here's the issue: the spearhead of these e-invoicing measures is again, guess who, Steve? Not the ATO. It is the ATO. <laughs> they okay. are the driving force behind <clears throat> yep. the software language that that will allow businesses yep. to do this. Why is that? So it's not software companies, B2B specialists, etc. It's the tax office. Correct. So in terms of the legislation and regulation behind how to actually do this yep. and to allow it, both cross-border and within Australia, yep. the ATO is consulting and developing, in consultation obviously with Treasury and, and, and Parliament, yep. laws to allow e-invoicing between these businesses. My, my sense and my feel is that it would be a hop, skip, and a jump mm-hmm. for them to open up a back door so that they get that data as and when oh, it's produced. Okay, okay, yeah. So can you imagine if the ATO had transactional-level data yeah. ah. as and when it's created? As people do In business. real time. Yeah, in yeah. real time, okay. they would know what the GST liability of that individual yep. is on that invoice. Yep. Um, in terms of payment information as well, it would be a hop and skip and a jump to yep. get that from the bank yep. because they've closed the, the loop in terms of all transactions above $10,000. Ah, hang right? on. Yes, yes. So a little lot's going these, on in uh, my mind. Yeah. sort of interrelated? Yes. And especially the GST part when you mentioned that and the director penalty thing. So they know what liabilities a, a business And then has. they can shift them onto an individual as well yeah, to yeah. make sure they get paid. Yep. And this is where I put my tinfoil hat on. <laughs> Yeah, the black economy is is effectively eliminated. Yeah, in yeah. Australia, right? Well, they know yeah. everything you do. Look, it's very 1984. Right? Is that the right? Uh, that's I, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's Big the brother. right yeah. reference. So very George Orwell. Yep. But I guess look, I want people to sort of think a little bit differently about how the ATO develops tools mm. um, to move their compliance. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, well, look at STP. That's the latest exactly. one. So, yeah. I mean, look, talking about single-touch payroll, one of the greatest areas of frustration for the tax office was 
superannuation. Uh, has yeah. superannuation been paid? Yes. Yeah. Um, has pay as you go withholding been oh, paid? pay as you go withholding. And you've got to wait till someone reports it. That's right. Yeah. And, and look, you know, another frustration and something that, um, you know, I was involved in when I was at taxpayers was when you look at creditors, sorry, contractors. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do, is there an obligation to pay superannuation for contractors or pay as you go withholding? Right. So often the distinction between an employee and a contractor is really important. Mm. Uh, and there's a lot of businesses that make those tax judgments and not, look, probably don't get it right. Okay, yeah. So it gives the ATO an unprecedented amount of information to focus their audit activity on those businesses. What, what's that other, the new reporting mechanism? Um Taxable payments. Taxable payment um, annual, reporting. annual reporting. So TPAR. TPAR, that's um, it. You know, Which is being expanded to more industries. That's right. Yeah. So look, you know, bit by bit, I think, you know, and look, imagining that, that profit and loss statement again, yeah. you've got your subcontractor label in your profit and loss. Yeah. You've got your salary and wages, your super, uh, your yeah. pay as you go. So every part of the P&L, if that's <laughs> provided to the tax office before you even lodge a tax return. That's true. Uh, effectively, we're moving to a system where in real time, rather than lodge a tax return, in real time, the ATO gets your information yep. and then potentially once a year sends you a bill and says, here, this is what you have to pay. And they know it's right. They, or, They've or, got it. Or once every three months or once every week, depending on the type of business. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, look, the ATO is sort of moving and I guess it's part of their digital strategy and it's something that I've actually written on when I was part of taxpayers, yep. what is their vision in terms of where they want to ultimately go? Right, yeah. And where they want to ultimately go is if they didn't have a black economy. Yeah. And yeah. if they didn't have to necessarily spend resources interacting with taxpayers reporting their obligations. Oh, yeah. And they could just levy, you know, an assessment and say, hey, you owe X. This is it, yep. That would, that's their, their nirvana. That's so you're saying the less and less interaction with ordinary taxpayers, the better for business them. or individuals, the better for them. Yeah, yeah. Because from their perspective, they're spending money on resources to to sort of interact with those taxpayers, right? As opposed to you know spending spending that money on actually verification and audit. So if the verification and audit can be done by computers, yeah, it, it, you know it, it look. Typically, it costs money, obviously, to audit taxpayers. Right. If, if the dollar figure of what it costs comes down, it means that they can audit more and more people. Oh, yeah. It means more and more revenue in, in the coffers of the ATO. Right, right. So, this, look, and I guess what, I, what I'm trying to do is sort of challenge those assumptions for practitioners to go, hey, talk to your well, clients about this sort of thing. I was going to say, from a practitioner's point of view, because that's what we're t- who we're talking to, I mean, what, what do they do with this information? I mean... Well, how does it help one's clients? Well, the first thing that I would say um, to to any practitioner is be very, very diligent about bringing all of your clients onto STP, TPAR. Look, all of those reportings are often left to your bookkeeper. Ah, So a lot of tax agents um, and accountants will say, you know what? No, I do the income tax. (laughs) That's it. Yeah, that's it's a restricted sort of engagement. What I would encourage practitioners to do is have a think about um, looking at a, a whole of client compliance approach. Yeah. So yeah. almost like a three hundred and sixty approach right. to say, okay, I'm going to list what the obligations are, and I mean, look, this this even goes so far as to you know consider work cover and things that people uh, often don't associate it with yeah. with an accountant at all. Yeah. To go, you know what. 
all of these government departments are talking. All of them have this vision and this focus. Yep. Um, in order to de-risk my my liability from my clients, because obviously you know the, the accountant That's... is the one who's on the hook. Yep. Yep. I'm I'm only going to accept clients that assure me that they comply with single touch payroll with TPAR with right. um, all of these me- measures. You know, potentially if they are in in a cash cash type industry that their record keeping in that space is second to none. Yep, yeah. Yep. Make sure that they have uh, software that assists them in managing their cash so that in the event that they are outside of the bell curve and mm-hmm. the ATO does knock on the door, that they have the records to, to, to basically push back. Right. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. And look, you know, another thing that, that I sort of suggest to practitioners is think really, really hard about potentially forming a relationship with insurance providers ah, who offer right. a tax audit product. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because often, you know, what happens is a client gets audited and the tax practitioner throws up their hands and says, oh, it's going to cost, you know, an extreme amount of money for me to look look after this audit. Yeah. When in actual fact, if if the client had a insurance broker Some cover, who yeah, had yeah. a policy, right. it could support... You know, obviously, that's not advice to go out and get tax audit insurance. No, but it's to it's to consult those professionals in the, in the insurance industry who, yeah. who who have those products. Because I think, look, you know, unfortunately, audits are going to become more and more prevalent right. in, to, in today's operations. Yeah, it's yeah. just how it is. Yeah, I, I, yeah, of course, because all the records are there to look at. Why not? That's yeah. it. I was going to ask you about insurance with the DPN um, expanded to GST. I mean, are there insurance products that cover that well, sort of thing? Well, obviously, the, well, there are, yeah, and this is this is the thing. So, so I think, look, and and if there mm. aren't, what I would encourage um, tax practitioners to do is form a relationship with these insurance um, brokers, mm-hmm. especially ones that have the ear of these insurers yeah. to design products that uh. would that would cover that sort of thing because exactly. it's going to be a, a risk across the economy. Yep. It, you know, it is already, but yep. it will become more and more prevalent. So, you know, is, is there an insurable event there? Or, you know, I'm not an expert in terms of insurance, but, you know, speaking it's to a, a broker, to ask. potentially, mm. um, they, they could give further guidance on it. Bill, a few lights just went on above my head when we were talking. That's just something I hadn't thought about. Oh, really? A lot of that. It was. Really, I'm more than really happy good. to look. I'm I'm here all afternoon. No, <laughs> no, Steve. Look, whatever you'd like to ask is. Yeah, no. Look, we'll, we'll get you. We've, we've sort of probably come to the end of the uh, time for the podcast. Just a reminder, listeners. I'm um, I'm speaking with Bill Mavropoulos from VT Advisory. Um, who's been very generous with his time and his advice and his uh, intelligence today? Which thanks very much, Bill. And always a pleasure, Stephen. Would love to have you for back. Having me. Yes, yep. I'd love to love to return as well. Fantastic. All right, listeners, thank you for listening. That's episode two hundred at an end. Uh, please tune in again next time. Mm-hmm.